Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Okay, church, you recall that the prophet Isaiah, okay, in the Old Testament, he prophesied about Jesus 700 years before he was even born. Can you imagine? 700 years. This is what Isaiah is saying. He goes, well, what would he say? Well, we learned that Isaiah was talking about Jesus when he said that Jesus would come to the earth to console those who mourn in Zion, he said. But he would also give them, check this out, beauty for ashes. He would say the oil of joy in the morning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And it's almost like Isaiah was talking about our day. There is in the world today a spirit of heaviness, one of which we don't understand. But what we need to do is we need to look to the scriptures because the reason Jesus came, right, is to bring beauty from ashes. We can see that in the scripture. Now, let me go back because I want to bring you up to speed. Remember what we've studied so far. About three weeks ago, we talked and we learned that, that Jesus was preaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount. You guys remember that? The Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus goes up to a mountainside. And if you've ever been to Israel, or, or maybe one of these days we'll get to go back, but we actually go up to the Mount of Beatitudes. This is, this is where they sort of think... And it's a beautiful hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee off in the distance. But Jesus comes, and and remember what he does. He teaches us. Now, what he does is he gathers his disciples. That's us. He gathers the disciples. The crowd is a little bit off. And then and then the religious people are listening. We want to see what this guy has to say. And so he begins to teach them. But what he taught them was something very, very, very sobering. What do you mean? Well, he taught us as disciples that we're, that we're actually flying upside down. And every time we want to go higher with Jesus, we're actually going to crash on the ground. He actually lifted the standard. Why? Because with Matthew preaching and teaching to the Jewish mindset, guess what they held on to? The law. And I'm going to keep the law. And so Jesus goes, okay, well, let me tell you, let's not, I, I came to fulfill the law, but let me tell you a little bit about the law. And he flips it upside down. And he taught us, guys, every time we go, okay, I'm going to work harder for Jesus, we we blew it. Isn't that really the same today? Okay, okay, that's it. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to just do it. And we end up, because we don't understand. And so Jesus comes in. He goes, let me teach you something. As devoted followers of God, he says, I have called you, listen up, church, to live differently than the world. As Christians, we should be living differently than the world. How so? Jesus told us, my Jesus said, people will know you're my disciples. How? 
By how much scripture you know? No. By how much theologically you can know? Jesus said, "You people will know you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. By the love. And so again, what does he teach us? I got to live differently. I want to live lovingly. Pastor, that's really hard because sometimes I get in the flesh. Me too. We do. We get in the flesh and we, oh, and our attitudes come out, but he's calling us to live differently. And so what we have to do as disciples, you guys disciples? You go, yeah, we're disciples. Then we have to do, I, I love, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal this from Soph. He says we have to do a spiritual inventory, okay? You know what that means? We need to look in our own hearts and go, God, am I really living the way you want me to live? Am I being, am I loving? You know what else Jesus said? Are we esteeming others higher than ourselves? That's hard to do, is it not? Because I want to esteem me. I want to get what's mine. I, me, uh. no, are we esteeming others that higher than ourselves? Are we praying for people? You go, Ben, I didn't come to get busted, man. No, 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 but Jesus is teaching us that he's, again, that we're called to live differently, and I want to live how God wants me to live. So I have to I have to look at my own heart and say, Lord, where am I in this? Where am I? Help me, Lord. I got to be honest with you. I can't do it. Without the Holy Spirit, I can't do it. I am selfish, self-centered, egotistical, egocentric, whatever you want to call it, that's who I am. Without Jesus, I need him to guide me and to zip my mouth when it needs to be zipped. Can I get an amen? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Right? Don't you just love the Holy Spirit when you're about to, and the Holy Spirit says, no, just type okay. Okay. That's the Holy Spirit, right? You're going to like, that's it, I've had it, you're going to... Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But let me just say this for you guys. Let's just let's just be honest. I mean, how many of you really believe that the Lord could come back at any minute? So let's, why are we why are we sweating all the small stuff that's trying to get us down? I I, I want it to be like a like water off a duck's back, right? It just go just just the little stuff that tries to get me down. Forget about it. Forget about it. Right. Because the Lord's coming back. But in our text, if we were to really, and we did, if we would do a careful study and assessment of the sermon, after studying that, we might be just a little discouraged. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Why? Because here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, hey man, if you look um, at a woman with lust, it's the same as adultery. Hey, hey, Mike, listen, when, when you're getting and you're angry at a brother, that's murder. Well, if we, if we just study that, we walk going, well, I've been angry. You guys are waiting for me to say I lusted, aren't you? I'm not going to do it. But, but he ran, and, and so we're discouraged. And you see, the standard of righteous of living was raised and and all it does is remind us that we're guilty, that we broke the law. That's all it does. 
the word of God says, Sally, that you should have no other gods before me. And how many times do we elevate something that's very good into the place of ultimate? You see, we have to live differently. We have to live. I've noticed that my life is so much better when I elevate God to the place where he's supposed to be. But my life gets out of whack when I take something and I elevate it above God. Above God. We know, guys, that Jesus came to fulfill the law. And we know that in him, our story can be rewritten. And we can actually be healed. We can be set free. The purpose of Jesus coming is so that we would have meaning and purpose in our lives. Let me tell you what the greatest need that man has, apart from eternal life, is to feel loved. That's our greatest need, to to feel like we're part of something, that we belong. That's our greatest need. That's why that's why our teenagers join gangs, because they want to feel like they belong. They want to feel like they that's why our 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 college kids are running off to different religions. Because they want to feel like they're a part of something. Let us, let us be so careful as Christians that we don't shoot our own wounded. Our job is to love people back to life. We can do that in a loving judgment. Hey, listen, bro, you're going to go down the road. You're going to just, don't do that. I love you. But we don't come in and go, oh, you sinned? That's what you get. If you read the Bible like I would, and we get prideful. That's not us. We go, hey, you okay? You all right? Come on. You all right? We should take the same approach spiritually that we do with our kids. Whenever our kids are learning to walk or riding a bike and they crash, what do we do? Well, you're all bloody, huh? Whoa. You're all bloody, huh? You're, uh, you're just scraped up pretty bad. Bummer, dude. What do we do? We run to our kids and we pick them up. Are you okay? Are you okay? And they're, I got to scrape. I got to scrape. And it's, okay, come on. What do we do? Dads, come on, moms. We pick them up and we carry them. And let's be honest, our hearts break when they're hurt. It does. And so what happens? We love them back to health. We love them back to life. That's what God's calling us to do spiritually. That's what we're called to do. As we come to chapter 8, we begin to see the power of the king. Two weeks ago, we learned, what did we learn, guys? We saw beauty from ashes when it came to the leper. Now, think about this. I was on a plane coming back from Sioux Falls, And I was watching the movie Risen. Okay, I don't know if you've seen it. Now, at the very end of the movie, okay, now it's just a movie, but at the very end of the movie, Jesus had already resurrected. He's sitting with his disciples. But all of a sudden, all of them begin to hear screaming and dirt flying and 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 louds and all this stuff. And what was happening, guys, in this imagine, what was happening is they were yelling, get away, and, and dust was flying, and basically they were, they were 
kicking and screaming and pushing out a leper. He had leprosy. And they were, they were like, and so Jesus looks, his disciples look at him, and they go, watch, watch. And what Jesus does, man, after this man is way far from the people, Jesus gets up and he goes to the man and he touches him and he prays. And then Jesus smiles and within a few minutes, the guy looks back and he's completely healed. Now, that's just a movie, but it portrayed exactly what we had talked about. It had talked about, right? It, it made me think of what we had talked about in Matthew. You guys remember the leprosy? Leprosy is a lot like sin, okay? It starts unseen. You don't even know you have it. First under the skin, and then it slowly comes to the surface of the skin, where it makes your skin hard and shiny, and then like sin, it begins to spread across your body. And then it moves to your extremities. Do you guys realize what leprosy does? It deadens the nerve endings and it's dread, it deadens all of that and it kills like the tips of your fingers and stuff begins to fall off and eventually you're basically rotting from the inside out. I find it interesting how leprosy is a type of sin because doesn't sin do that? That's why we have to confess our sins. That's why we have to go to the Lord and say, please forgive me. Because even as believers, we can harbor, what, sin in our heart. And we don't even see it. And how it starts to grow. And what it does is it starts to harden our hearts. And the person that you used to be, loving and outgoing and an extrovert and all this, Now your heart is hard. Warren Wiersbe says this, and I quote, Jesus touched the leper, thus defiling himself. Yet his touch meant healing. He also healed through his word, be clean. But I think about this, right? Because here's a man who knew no sin, became sin, so that I could be righteous. Okay? Well, Ben, why do you tell a scripture? I mean, I know churches should have scripture. No, here's the point, right? Here's the point. If you could see how much God loves you, you can help love him. You've got to see that while we were yet sinners, while we were stinky, yucky, dying, breaking, messed up, crazy, issues, whatever you want to call it, evil, ugly, The Lord looks and says, I love them. I'm going to die for them. He, guys, the Bible says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Because he first, when we understand, wow, how much God loves me. I love you, Lord. I love you. And what does that love produce? It produces obedience. Guys, we can't come in here week after week and hear a teaching and hear a teaching and hear a teaching and hear a teaching and not be moved unless our hearts are hardened. They can get hard because the world can be cruel. They can get hard. How many times have we, you don't have to answer me, but how many times have we gone through a really hard time in our life and we blame God? Because we think, God, you could have fixed this. You could have changed this. You could have done this. Why did you allow this to happen? 
And when you think about it, that's not who God is. The Bible says that God is love. He is light. There's no darkness in him at all. So I have to trust in his what? His sovereignty. I have to trust in that. Even if I don't understand it, even if I go, I don't get it. I have to trust in it. Guys, this is, this, is, this is our Jesus. He's the one that came to change our hearts from the inside out. And I'm going to tell you right now, life is going to throw you some really, really hard curveballs this coming year. It's going to throw you some hard, hard stuff in the next 2022, 2023. You guys need to be ready. Okay? We, we need to know there's going to be, but, but the fact is that we can get through it with the Lord. Just understanding he's in control. I've got to be honest with you. There are times I go, Lord, I feel like our prayers are falling on deaf ears. God, can we get a win here? But I don't say it in, a, in, a, in, in an angry way. I'm just going, and the Lord goes, I've got it all worked out. I've got it all worked out. Do you guys remember ne- uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, right? King Nebuchadnezzar. That dude thought he had it all, right? Building statues of himself and everything. One of, I mean, God was working with, on him the whole time for his purpose and his glory. What does that mean? Well, with our current administration, God is working. With the previous administration, God is working. With whatever happens moving forward, God is working. It's for his purpose and his glory. So what should I do, Pastor? Love Jesus. Love Jesus. Enjoy your life. Solomon says, this is all you got. This is all you got. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 3, we learn that Jesus put out his hand and he touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Guys, this miracle here demonstrates not only that Jesus could heal, but in so doing, he was fulfilling the law. The dog declared that the leper was unclean. Do you guys remember that? And could only bar him from the holy place. Jesus could satisfy the law by making him clean and sending him to the priest for reinstatement to the sanctuary of worship. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So Jesus has the power to heal. Can I get an amen? Let me say that again. Jesus has the power to heal you. Pastor, why doesn't he? I don't know. But I know this. Don't stop asking. Don't stop believing. Just keep asking and trust his sovereignty. Trust his sovereignty. And when things don't go our way, we may not know this side of heaven. Why? But we will when we get there. So Jesus has the power over defilement. Today, we're going to learn that he has the power over distance. And I think that's cool. Why? Because 2,000 years ago, he ascended to heaven. He's, he's, I see Jesus in the heart of his people. I see the Lord is alive in the heart of his people. But I have not seen Jesus physically. He, he hasn't appeared on my bed, you know, in my room at night. I have not... So I need him to heal me from a distance. And that's what we're going to learn 
today. But note the contrast, guys. The contrast between the leper and the centurion. Why? Because the leper was a social outcast. Listen, he had nothing. He had no income. He was poor, desolate. I mean, he was a mess. But the centurion was a little bit different. You see, the centurion, that was not his name. That was his title. And it meant commander over a hundred, sometimes or more. And the centurion wore impressive armor, including helmets with all the feathers sticking out of the top, the, the shiny breastplate, you know, the metal skirt, everything. I mean, this guy was, I mean, this was it. Okay? And here's what we're going to learn today. If you're taking notes, we're going to learn that Jesus came to bring beauty from ashes even if you don't fit in. There's a lot of us that go, I don't fit in. Or, listen, if we're not the same color, the same color of skin. The world can fight all they want to. That's not God. He's going to bring beauty from ashes, guys, if we're not part of the same ethnic group. Or if you're poor, or if you're very rich. If you're a nobody, or you're a somebody of notoriety. we got to always remember that, right? we got to remember that. Rich people, famous people need Jesus too. They have the same need as you. That's where we pick up our story. You guys ready? Matthew chapter 8, picking it up in verse 5. It says this, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Now, listen, everybody see that in verse 5, right? The one thing that you can jot down is that this miracle is actually chronological with the last miracle. Not all of them in Matthew is there are the same, but this one is. He just finished healing the leper. Go show yourself to the priest. Why did he show himself to the priest? Because he wanted to make sure that he wasn't a con. So therefore, he wasn't a leprechaun, right? I, you weren't here when I said that two weeks ago. I got the same reaction. Chronologically, he came down, and so now he's going into Capernaum, okay? So Jesus walks a short distance into Capernaum, and immediately, look at your, look at your text, a centurion approaches him, right? Now, here's what I want you to put, or does he? What? Yeah, listen, Luke's gospel shares the same event, but tells it in a different way. Did you know that? Luke's gospel, chapter 7, verse 1, says this. Now, when he concluded his sayings and hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. Look at verse 3. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Now now we got to chat. Why? Because here's where people will go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Matthew's account and Luke's account are different. The Bible can't be trusted. There's a discrepancy. Okay? But I've got to share this with you because we're a Bible teaching church. What we need to understand is that when the centurion sent the Jewish elders to ask for something, It was the same thing as him doing it. 
Okay? He says, hey, hey, guys, in other words, if, if you were to send one of your employees in your name, or you were to send part of your family, it's the same as you asking. Okay? So Matthew writes with the Jewish concept that, hey, I'm going to portray Jesus as king. So he writes that the, the centurion actually came and asked. But Luke goes, no, 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 it was actually the Jewish elders. It was actually the Jewish elders, right? And, and what happens, guys, is he says, that's it. It was, it was the same thing as him doing it. So there's not a discrepancy. It's the authority of, hey, go ask and, and, and ask Jesus. Oh, yes, sir. Here we go. And these were not even his servants. These were Jewish elders. But if you read Matthew 7, or you can do it later, 1 through 10 in the New Living Translation, it says that the, the, the Jewish elders came and said, please, please, this guy has done so much for the Jewish people. You've got to help him, Jesus. I wonder what it would have been like if a Gentile centurion would have approached the Jewish Messiah. Now, the leper didn't care. He's dying. But out of respect... He goes, hey, can you go tell him? Can you go tell him? Either way, what do we learn? That we have a servant that was really sick. Really sick, guys. And a Roman officer is doing the asking. Okay? So check this out. The centurion was a commander of a hundred or more men. He was an employee of Rome, and in most cases... Their servants were nothing more than a tool for them. You understand that, right? There was no attachment at all. Okay? There was no attachment. It's basically if one gets sick or one dies, they go, oh, bummer. And they would go get another servant. Okay? Kind of like, um, for example, it would be like if you had a hammer that didn't work. Right? Oh, this thing, what do you do? You throw it away and you'd go buy another hammer. Or a screwdriver. That's how they looked at it in this day. Okay? It was really simple. Hey, this didn't work for me. I'm going to go get another one. That's why, ladies, men are always at the tool store, at Home Depot. This doesn't work. Honey, I'm going to Home Depot. Yeah. Yeah. And we're over there looking at, oh, if I could just have this. Oh, oh, oh. Power tools. The difference is, there's something different about this man. There's something different. And see, that would be my hope for us, is that the world will look on and go, there's something different about him. There's something different about her. I would hope that. You go, when's different? Well, look at verse 6. He comes and he says, Lord, okay, we're going to use Matthew's account. Can I get an amen? We're going to use that Matthew's account. But he says, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented, ready to die. Okay? Now, I, I love the heart of this man. You go, why? Because if you go back, guys, go back to verse 5, and it says, when Jesus had entered, a centurion came to him pleading. Look at that, look at that word. Go ahead and underline that word. Why? It's very important because it actually means almost begging him. It wasn't just like, hey, gee, yo, Jay, what up? Hey, if you got some time, there's dying, man. That's not what he says. He came and he's, please, please. You guys know what I'm talking about when you're pleading for, to Jesus for something. You know that pleading. 
You know that your heart is going to break at any moment in your pleading. This is what he means. So this man comes almost begging, or the Jewish people come almost begging for Jesus to heal another person. First of all, that's faith. That's faith. Do you realize, church, that every time you pray, you're acting in faith? You're acting in faith. Every time you pray, you're acting in faith. It's like, okay, I believe. I believe God's listening. That's either really good news or sometimes that's really not good news, is it? You know why? Because when we pray, some of our prayers are like, ooh, really? Because we don't take into consideration how amazing and holy God is. Well, let's... Every time we pray so that men can hear, are we honoring God? Pray. God, here we come, Lord, Lord. It's faith, it's faith. So much so that in our text today, he calls him Lord. Lord, Lord. In our study, we've learned that the centurion has a servant that's in really bad shape. Bedridden, um, paralyzed, can't get out of bed, really bad shape. So my question to you, why does he come to Jesus? Why? Because according to Matthew 4 and 24, it says, then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all the sick people who were afflicted with various diseases, torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. His fame. Hey, 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 there's Rosa. Listen, there's a, there's a guy. He's, he's, he, he can heal people. No way. Really? And so what are we doing? Guys, that brings hope to our hearts. But, but Jesus didn't heal everyone. He didn't heal everyone. He healed everyone that he came in contact with to show his power of the kingdom. You understand that. But he didn't heal all of Israel. And even today, let's be honest, when we pray, God can heal, and and he does, and then sometimes he doesn't. Don't let your misunderstanding of God draw you away from him. When we misunderstand who he is, that's when the enemy comes in and goes, hey, if God really loved you, he would do this. He would do that. If God really loved you, you wouldn't be hurting. If God really loved you, then your kid wouldn't have run away. If God really loved you, then... And, and you guys, we have a list of them. But just because we misunderstand does not, should not. We just go, you know what? I trust you, God. I don't understand it here. And I'm broken. But help me see my current situation through your eyes. That's the only way I'm going to have peace. So the Lord's fame spread fast. But the heart of this man, think about this, guys. Here's the heart of this man, was to seek out Jesus for healing. Everybody got that? But what I love is the healing wasn't for him. It was for somebody else. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson that we can learn. 
God calls us to be intercessors for others. He calls us to be intercessors, guys. Praying on behalf of other people to be healed. We should take our job seriously. He's called us to be intercessors, right? Every morning, we should be seeking the Lord on the behalf of others. It's James who writes in chapter 5, 14 through 16. You can look at it on the screen. He says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Why? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Guys, we are called to biblical intercessory. I love the heart of the centurion here. Well, Pastor Ben, can you give me some some biblical principles? Sure can. Jot this down. Number one, pray from the heart. Pray from the heart. That should be our prayer, straight from the heart. Lord, and be honest with God. I don't know what you're doing. God, I don't know what you're doing, but you can heal. Will you heal? Sometimes it's not a physical healing, but it's a healing from, from, for people who are far from God to come home. Number two, pray with faith. Pray with faith knowing that God has all the power and that he loves us. You have to pray with that. Now, I'm not, listen, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying your faith is going to determine what God does and doesn't do. That's not what I'm saying. Well, brother, you didn't have enough faith. That's why, no. No. That's not, that's not the word of God. But you pray believing that God can heal from a distance, that he can do it for his purpose and his glory. Pray with faith. God, I trust you. I know you can do this. Your word tells me you can do this. I I believe that. We believe that Kevin can be healed. And if God wants to use a doctor, he can use a doctor. But in the the meantime, we believe that. Yeah, Ben, but um, if you haven't noticed, um, we're trusting God. We're trusting God. That's what we're called to do, church. We're called to trust God. We don't understand everything down here. We're called to trust God. Number three, pray regularly. Jesus told us, give us this day our what? Our daily bread. What does that mean? That we should pray every day, all the time. You know what helps? A prayer journal. Why? Because the older we get, Fred, the more we lose. Well, who was I praying for? <laughs> you got to write, come on, just me, write it down. We got to write it down so, so we kind of, okay, okay. And then you can see, I'm praying, I'm praying. A prayer journal is so good. Listen, l- let's not pray 
for selfish reasons. Let's pray as intercession. Listen, the centurion could have got another servant, no problem. Said, okay, well, he dies, he dies, you know. He prayed with nothing to get nothing in return. When God answers our prayer, we should party. I'm, not, I'm telling you, when God answers our prayer, we should party. We should be, wow, Lord, that is amazing. Everybody come over to South South, we're having a party. He has a big backyard, so anyways. You know what I'm saying? We should, we, should be, we should be so excited when God answers our prayer. But let's talk about answered prayer for just a moment, okay? Let's stand. How many of you love answered prayers? Come on, be honest. How many of us love answered? We love answered prayers, don't we? Yeah, I do. But do you rejoice when the answer is no? Wait a minute, wait a minute, right? So we're praying. This is us praying. God, and God does it. We're like, ah, this is cool. High-fiving people. God answered my prayer. Right? And then sometimes God says, uh, no, and we go, hmm. Yeah, bummer, dude. What happened? God said no. Well, he answered your prayer. I know, but it was no. No, no, no. We want answered prayer as long as it's what we want. And tell me what we do when God says maybe. If you're like my granddaughter, maybe means yes. Grandpa, can we do this? Maybe. Yes. She's, no, it means maybe. No, it always means yes. I'm just, who am I kidding, right? So pray regularly. Number, let me give you the last one. Pray in detail. Pray in detail. See, God knows everything, but it's good for ourselves to have clarity. What we're praying for in detail. In detail. God, we pray for our prodigals. God, we pray for healing. God. Here's, here's my question to you guys, and this is one that always sticks to my mind. How many times in our lives when we pray that we believe God can do it, you go, amen. Our problem is, is that we don't believe he'd do it for us. We don't believe he'll do it for us. We go, okay, so here's my life. I haven't been very good. I haven't been a good student. I haven't been, okay. Um, and, and so we end up here, and we go, God, could you do, well, I'm, and what do we do? When God doesn't answer our prayer, we go, well, I understand. That's not how God works. God doesn't look at your life and go, hmm, let me see. You prayed to me here, but you didn't hear. Now, I don't think I'll answer that. That's not God. God will do it, but remember, he's going to do it for who? His glory, his honor, to advance his kingdom. Okay? So when we pray, and I believe in prayer, and I believe that God can get us new jobs. I believe God can uh, make beauty from ashes. Sometimes you go, man, I'm in a mess. I'm in a mess. I've created a mess. God can do that. He can come in. So we pray detailed. But who are we praying for? We're praying for other people. We're praying for other people. Now, let me just say one more thing on prayer because I believe it's on our heart. If you're going to pray for somebody, pray for somebody. I think that's so Christianese, is it not? Well, I'll pray for you, and then we go about our day. I'm praying for you. Pray. Pray. I wonder what we would do if we go, hey, 
Rosa goes, Pastor Ben, I'm praying for you. And I say, okay. So I call Rosa up the next day. Did you pray for me? Uh, we wouldn't do that, would we? But we need to pray. If we're going to pray, if we're praying for Kevin, and we're praying for Joe, and we're praying for Haas, and we all the prayer requests on the back table, guys, let's pray. Okay? Listen, the prayer requests should be in your Bible. Should be in your Bible. You get out, okay? Hey, take a prayer request. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. How are you going to know what to pray for? They're on the back table. Pray. Pray for other. That's what God is calling us to do. Intercede. To intercede. To be on our, okay. Well, I need somebody to pray for me. Then tell Eva. We'll pray for you. You, you understand that, right? Detailed. We're praying. We're praying. Well, it goes on. It goes on, okay, so that was the, and it says in verse 7, And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now, those are the best words I've ever heard. Lord, Lord, my whoever, my daughter, my son, my wife, my wife has cancer. If the Lord said, I'll come and heal her, I'm like, let's go. Come on. I'll drive. That's what I want. Feathers, that's what I want. Come, Jesus. But look what, look, look, look at the centurion. The centurion answered and said, Lord, again, I'm not worried that you should come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. What's he saying? What's he saying? Guys, this centurion is amazing. You go, why? Because he knew that if a Jewish man came into a Gentile house, it would defile him, especially a rabbi. He said, don't do that. Mm -mm. Respect. Respect. But but he understood three things. You guys ready? Number one, jot this down. In concerning Jesus, there's humility. There's humility. We need to walk in humility. We can't think we're something. We're, we just walk in. Lord. There's a difference from going, I don't think God will do it for me, than in true humility and going, God, I'm broken. I need you. He understood faith. Just say the word. Just say the word, Lord, you just say the word, and it'll be done. But he also understood authority. He also understood authority. Now, let's address him. Let's address him. What do you mean? Well, humility. How so? The centurion who had everything, had a great job, had a three-chariot house. Okay, he didn't have garages, so just chariots. He humbled himself before Jesus, and he says, would you? But you, oh, don't come to my home. I don't want to defile you. We know that Jesus didn't care about any of that. He would have went to his house. But he also had faith. Let's, let's discuss that. The guy says, but speak the word and my servant will be healed. Why? Here's what you need to jot down. Jesus has the power over distance. He does. But this man showed great faith on who Jesus was. I would like to encourage us to have that kind of faith. To have that kind of faith. A super strong faith in Jesus. And that's amazing and awesome and power and loving. You go, Ben, I would like to have that kind of faith too. How do I get this kind of faith? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans ten seventeen. so faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Okay, so you're driving around Lubbock, Texas, 
put on Radio by Grace. Because if you have 15 minutes, you're going to get the Word of God, and the Word of God is going to grow your faith. We are a community that needs faith, but what did the enemy try to do? It tried to destroy coming to church. Why? Because this is where we get the Word of God. I want to grow. It says, faith comes by hearing. You want to have great faith, guys? You need to hear what? Hear the Word of God. Can I get an amen on that? But if you don't want faith, if you don't want a great faith, then you need to hear all the nightly news. Because that'll take you backwards. Well, it's on TV. It must be. No. No. I want, I want truth. What's truth? The Word of God is truth. The disciples had three years with Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit came and they finished off. But guys, we have his word that we could be in all the time, all the time. Well, I'm not really a reader. Then turn on the radio. Listen to a podcast. There's a lot of great teaching out there, and it could build your faith. So at Calvary Chapel, we're in the book of Matthew, okay? So whatever other teacher you're listening to, find another book. Find the book of Galatians. Find the book of Ephesians and learn to grow that way. Find the book of Romans and just grow. Just grow. If you have a job where nobody's talking to you, put on your headphones, boom, there you go. But see, music also inspires us, doesn't it? When it's, when it's great Christian, you get, ooh, I feel good. I feel good. But also an authority. How so? Verse 9 says, For I, notice, I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say this to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Wow. Guys, this in turn understood that Jesus, like himself, was under the authority of God. He knew. And he says, I understand that. I tell my soldier, come, he comes. I tell, I understand authority. I know that you're under authority too. You're under authority. Guys, that's, he, he, he truly got that. It's worth noting that those under authority have the right to exercise authority. You know what I've learned over the years? When you respect authority, you do a lot better in life. Do you remember that song? You know what? I fought authority, authority always wins or something like that or something like that. But I was thinking, guys, if we, if we understand the authority placed in, and every one of us has authority placed in our lives, we do. You realize that your boss is your authority. And we've created a culture where we go, no, we're going to fight against our boss. My boss is this. And and I understand. We've had, we have crazy bosses. I get that. But if we understand the position of authority, and that's what he understood. That's what he understood. What does Jesus do? Look at verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he, what's that word, guys? 
marveled. Let's say it together. Marveled. Okay, why is that important? Well, let's finish the, t- the, s- the verse and we'll go back. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such a great faith, not even in Israel. Why is that important? Only two times in Scripture where Jesus marveled. Two times. Right here? Wow! You get it! You know what the other time was? It was just the opposite. Look at Mark chapter 6, 5 and 6. It says, Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went out to the village in the circuit teaching. Two times where he marveled at the faith of the people and he marveled at the unbelief of the people. That makes me, this makes me stop for a moment and have to ask a hard question. You go, what's that, Ben? Is Jesus marveling at our faith in him this morning or is he marveling at our unbelief? Is he marveling, going, wow? In our study this morning, guys, it now it takes a turn. It takes a sudden turn, and it's actually pretty sobering, okay? Let's take a look. In verse 11, it says, And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now again, you remember, he just, he just, wow, this is great faith. And then it, and then this is sobering. Why? You understand what Jesus just said. You go, no, I don't. Okay, he just dropped a bombshell on the Jewish folks. Why? Okay, listen. Almost every Jewish person believed that they would go to heaven simply for being Jewish. You understood that, right? As a matter of fact, they said, Father Abraham sits at the gates of hell, and if you actually went down there, he would say, no, 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 that's, that's hell. Go this way if you're Jewish. They also believed that the Gentiles, the only purpose for the Gentiles were to stoke the fires of hell. So if you're a Gentile, oh, well, you're, you're Gentile? Well, you're the only reason you're alive is to keep the fires of hell burning. That's what they believed. Okay? So imagine going through your life going, no matter what I do, I'm going to heaven because I'm Jewish. Jesus goes, hold on, hold on. He changes all that. Verse 11, let me read it in the New Living. He says, and I will tell you this that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from the east and the west, to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast of the kingdom of heaven. Could you imagine if you were Jewish, you went, what? What? Surely not Jimmy and Rosa are coming. They're Gentiles. Are you kidding? Not Amanda. Oh. Lord, no, what are you saying? That's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, guys, those of us who put our faith and trust in Christ are going to sit down. We're going to have just, this is just an amazing meal. All the Gentiles from all over Lubbock, Texas. That's what he said. Saved, sanctified, having a feast with Abraham. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, 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 Eva, I'm having, we're, I'm sitting with Abraham. Hey, tell me what it was like in Mount Moriah. Were you really going to, it was like, 
And Isaac was like, yeah, he was. Right? And we're having this great conversation. Right? Oh, you go, wow, I, Abraham, that's faith. That's faith, man. And, and Isaac's going, you telling me? I was bound up. I was like, okay. And Jacob, you're really scared of Esau? You never saw him. He was all red. I mean, he was just looked like a Sasquatch. I'm telling you, it was just weird. That's what we're going to be doing. All the greats of the Bible. Can you imagine having, having coffee with Moses? Can you imagine? Think about Noah. There you are with Noah. Noah, what was it like? Moses, when the sea parted, what did you think? Well, I just trusted God. I lifted up the stick. How about your life? Uh, my boss is really mean to me. <laughs> what was your great faith? Oh. <laughs> but we get to do that. We get to do that. Well, you go, what was, what, what was the bombshell? But, but see, in verse 12, it says, Many of the Israelites, many of the Israelites, many of the Jewish people, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, he says, will be thrown into outer, outer darkness. And there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What? What? Jesus just said many of the Israelites will be cast into outer darkness. Because you know what? uh, Separation from God. If you want a simpler term, hell. Wait, Jesus just said that? He did. Now, let's unpack this very quickly, okay? There are two groups, two groups represented here, okay? It says those who are gnashing teeth. And I was like, what does gnashing of teeth mean? Like, and I looked throughout scripture and gnashing of teeth actually portrays their anger or their upset. That's what it means. Okay? And so there are going to be a group of people that are just in hell mad at God. Kind of loving God in the gnashing of teeth. Wow, this is, that's, that's what it's going to be like. You see, in our minds, we picture everybody in hell going, oh my gosh, what did we do? I should have listened, I should have listened. But there's going to be a group that are just angry at God. And, but the other group here, it says, but those that are weeping. And I think there's going to be a lot of those that are just simply weeping that they didn't listen. And they're going to be weeping how religion or pride or friends kept them from a relationship with God. Wow. Can you imagine? I hope you can't. I I mean, just that weeping. God, I'm so sorry. How many times am I getting sorry? I'm sorry, God. And the Lord's like, Think about this for a minute. I've often said this, okay? I want you to wrap your mind around this for a second. Wrap, wrap your mind around the rapture, okay? Let's say that today at 2.05, well, no one knows that they're there. Okay, just bear with me. At, at some time today, the Lord comes back. We hear the trumpets, we're out of here. We're like, man, those left behind are going to fall into those same two groups, aren't they? You're going to have a lot of people who were, who were um, walking the fence of Christianity Weeping, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. 
what happened? I know what happened. I know what happened. And I was playing church. I know what happened. And so they're, they're going to be saved for real. There's a tribulation saints. But I also know there's going to be a group of people that are going to be mad at God. Why wasn't I taken? What kind of God are you that you wouldn't take me? What did I, I mean, if you're all loving, and they will be, they'll be just angry at God and want to fight him. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's the same too. They're going to be those that are just mad at God, and it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Why? Because even people who attended church had never surrendered to him will be weeping and crying and sobbing. So let's close. Verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Amen. See, Jesus can heal from a distance. But let me say this to you guys. Let me say this before we get into the... I love that we can be physically healed. I love that we can be emotionally healed. But what we need more than anything is to be healed spiritually. We need to be saved. We need to be saved. His servant was healed, but guess what? Guess what? I mean, I'm pretty sure that he died later. You go, yeah, duh, he's not around now. Exactly. Exactly. So although there was a great physical healing and we see that Jesus can heal over distance, what my concern would be is, was this servant and this centurion saved? Well, of course, the centurion believed in Jesus and the servant got the healing. What about us? We just need to make sure that we're saved. We have a relationship with God. That's what we need. You go, Ben, can we ask for healing? Absolutely. Guys, we can ask and we can pray. And I know that many have asked and still nothing. You go, still nothing. I understand that. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Today might be the day that Jesus heals. And if not, we'll still love him. Amen? Father, we thank you today, God, for just an incredible story, an inspired story from your word. Lord, you taught us on how to be great intercessors, to pray for others. You taught us, Lord, to that even if we don't understand all that's going on, that we can trust you. And that you've never left us, and you've never forsaken us. And Lord, when we said yes to you, our life was hidden in you. Father, I pray for anyone here needing physical healing. 
lowered backs and bellies, legs, headaches, migraines, I pray you heal them, Lord, and that ye would shout it from the rooftop. I pray for things that we can't see, like cancer, lupus, COVID. I pray for those. But ultimately, Lord, this morning, I pray for those that don't know you. I pray for those watching online, and I pray for, Lord, just um, all that are here. And, Lord, that we've got to search our hearts and ask, am I in the family of God? Do I have a right relationship with you? Do I have, do I have an intimate, authentic relationship? Am I yours completely? And, Lord, maybe there's some Christians here that are feeling the nudge to be a disciple. Lord, I'm asking that they would jump in with both feet and they would be your disciple. Father, I look forward to the day that we're all home. But you've called us specifically, God, to pray for each other, to love each other, to live radically for you. May our church do that today. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I just um, want to give you an opportunity. If there's anybody here that needs Jesus today, and you feel like you're you're a million miles away from him and you feel like you disappointed him and you feel like and you feel like God doesn't love you I'm here to tell you that he loves you and he has a plan for your life and he can take he can take and make beauty from the ashes and he's wanting you to surrender today and all you have to do is just come to him he's standing with his arms open wide and by the authority of scripture he wants to come and change you and make you whole again. He's never left you. And those of you watching online, maybe today you need to say yes to him. If that's you, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you and you just need prayer, you just want me to acknowledge and pray for you, you can just simply lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want all that God has for me. I want, I want, I want Jesus. You can do that now. God, God, I see you, sister. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone just saying, just me. It's just me. I'm ready. I'm ready to move. I, I, I need beauty from ashes. Just lift up your hand between you and the Lord. Anyone else? I just want to pray for you. I can feel the Holy Spirit moving. Anyone else? If you're watching online, just lift up your hand. God sees you. Lord, we need you. We're far from you. 
and we're, and we're trusting that you'll do a work. And it's not us, it's you. And we're asking that you would move mightily. Come into our hearts, God, and, and we surrender completely. And we give you the lordship over every part of our lives. We give you the hurts. We give you the pains. We give you the ashes. And we say, take it and make me whole again. Oh, we love you, Lord. That's in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.